Welcome to Coming Home with Heather, a podcast for women on their journey of self-discovery and healing. I'm your host, Heather Stewart, and I'm here to guide you on your quest for self-love, acceptance, and unshakable confidence. I'm here to help you find unconditional love, deep healing, and connection. I hope to inspire you and to empower you on this journey of coming home to yourself. Welcome. Welcome to this week's Friday Fireside Chat. In these special episodes, I interview incredible, empowered women who have overcome adversity and are now using their experiences to make a positive impact in the world. It is my intention to bring more connection, collaboration, and perspective to this beautiful healing space. I hope you enjoy and come away from these episodes feeling lit up and inspired to go after your dreams. In today's episode, I interview Katie Lynch, a therapist and mindset coach who is committed to guiding women to decondition themselves from the way they've been taught to think and feel about themselves and to helping them create new empowering beliefs that will allow them to break free from cycles of pain, fear, and self-doubt, and to move towards true inner peace and unconditional self-love. It was such a pleasure to chat with Katie about her experience with triggers, how she works through her own, and how she works now to teach women how to befriend triggers and see them as signposts of where the inner work needs to be done. Katie has a warm, inviting energy, and I know her message will inspire you to dig deeper into your own thoughts and emotions in order to find a deeper sense of self-acceptance and peace. Enjoy! Welcome everyone to this episode. I'm here with Katie Lynch therapist and mindset coach extraordinaire. And today we're going to be talking about triggers. So Katie, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to join you. Thank you. I'm happy to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into um, the mindset coaching world? Sure. So I have been a therapist for almost 10 years and have loved it. And within the last, I would say year, I have transitioned more into a coaching realm, just out of personal preference. I think I'm better at it. And um, a lot of this stuff that I struggled with in terms of being a therapist doesn't really exist in the coaching realm. And so that shift was really big for me. I found that So I started hiring coaches. That's what, that's really what changed for me. Um, I started hiring people a, to help me with my online business, but also to like help me with the mindset stuff that goes basically that throughout every aspect of life. (laughs) So with business, but also personal life with being, being a mother, being an intuitive, right? So all those things I was working with coaches and I have found the biggest transformation that happened for me was through that work with them. And so through that, I was like, well, what is it? Like, what is this like bind that's holding this all together that feels as if 
it's coaching. I'm like, well, it's the mindset work behind it, right? It's Mm -hmm. for me, it was deconditioning. It's dealing with my belief systems. It's dealing with stuff that I just kind of thought was normal Mm -hmm. that I was like, well, what if this isn't yours? What if this is just right? Like, so I think the mindset stuff has been my biggest transformation and then working with other people doing it. I think it has been also. So therapy, I've loved it for me. It's a lot, not necessarily in my perspective, a lot of forward movement all the time with coaching. I feel like we get to do a lot more action stuff and I, I get to, we, not, not me, we get to work together to get you to where you want to be a little bit faster. And that feels like, I think that's what we people want anyways. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more <laughs> right? walk. Yeah. And a lot, I find more collaboration. I, yes. you know, and, and that feels good to me. I think I'm better at it. I'm not a blank slate type of person. And so I was never a sit and nod type of therapist, but, but I always wanted to help or to talk more. Mm-hmm. not out of like my own desperate need for talking, but just like, can I interject? Like, can I help you with this versus, or this is what I did. This is what's helped me. And in therapy, you're not really supposed to do that. You're yeah. really not supposed to share yourself at all. And so I have found that sharing my story with people, like my journey through whatever it was is really helpful, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that for me, I think like that's helped me so much in learning how other people's journeys have and like what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them. Totally. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah, that totally. Like you're not alone. I'm not better than you, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a power differential in therapy, totally. right? Whether we like acknowledge it or not. And, and so to me with coaching, it feels a lot more like we're working together mm-hmm. to get you to where you want to be. Yep. So you've been where I, where I have been and you've charted the path to where I want to be. And I, I trust you to take so. me on that yeah. Yeah, journey. Like okay. I, I won't ever coach or teach on anything that I haven't, I feel like truly this word is kind of overused, but embodied, uh-huh. <laughs> like totally. I'm not going to share it and, and help you if I don't feel like I'm fully grounded in that place, mm-hmm. um, which is why you know, like more of the business mindset stuff, that's been very recent because I was not grounded until like recently. And now I'm like, I know how to do this. I know what to do now. And once I, once I'm there, I'm like, now I can share. And so, but I feel like a lot of that is mindset and deconditioning and belief work that we all need to do no matter what field you're in. If you want to feel more at peace and present in your own life, right. In every form. And for, for those of the, of our listeners who are new to the, um, mental health space, what do you mean by deconditioning? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, <laughs> so we, so my, the definition I use, I guess, for deconditioning is, so we are all born and we are all, so typically from parents and, and parents, parents, and just previous generations, we are all kind of, we all grow up with other people's beliefs put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So like my mom and dad have belief systems that I just inherited from being their child. And so right now in life, I get to decide, are these my beliefs or are there, are these my parents? Right. And so to me, deconditioning is letting yourself truly be you like, kind of like, what is my soul here to do in this world without 
all of the baggage that we carry from other people, whether that's parents, society, religion, whatever it is, we have been conditioned to believe things that may or may not be true or that may or may not be true for you. And so when we've never done that work for me, for example, I had to do a lot of that in relationship to money stuff and with fear stuff that I just was walking around chronically scared of literally my shadow. And I had no idea why. And I'm like, why do you feel so anxious all the time? Why are you so scared? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, well, I grew up in an environment where like, you know, I was kind of taught like to be afraid of everything, right. That like, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to do stuff. I had to be home at a certain, right. Like there was just a lot of, of, and it all felt like their anxiety became my anxiety. Yep. And now as an adult, as a parent, as a businesswoman, I'm like, what anxiety is yours <laughs> versus what is mom's versus <laughs> what is your husband's, right? And so to me, the true meaning of deconditioning is separating that yep. and creating your own system of beliefs, Absolutely. which is a lot easier, a lot easier said than done. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. And that's like, that's yeah. where like the word mindset is like, uh-huh. it's such a surface level kind of yeah, label it does. because it's, it's, it's totally. so deeper, so much deeper than that, you know, mm-hmm. so on the surface it's, it's mindset, but really it's so much deeper. It takes a lot of uncomfortable. It's a lot of emotional work. labor, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is, it's all inner work, right? It's sitting with your own stuff and wondering what serves me, what doesn't serve me, where did I get this from? Does this work? How does this feel? Right. And that's a lot of effort mm-hmm. in a good way, but it's still a lot of effort. Yeah, <laughs> right? totally. And it's, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable just because you've identified with those beliefs for mm-hmm. so long mm-hmm. that, you know, it's become subconsciously part of who you are. And then when you start, like you said, you're starting to disconnect and detach from that. It's like, you almost have to go through kind of a death of your former self. And it's so, it's like, you go through like a grief process. It's my, one of the coaches I was working with, um, we were mostly doing like a lot of emotional and spiritual work. And she was like, Katie, like you've died like six times this year. Like we have to recognize (laughs) how much effort this is. Right. And why, you know, like when you shed stuff, that's no longer you or yours, like there's a, there's so much in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm sure you've probably seen this quote before, you know, but like we die so many times and get to relearn ourselves so many times and same mm-hmm. with other people. Right. And so, but it, it is what it feels like, right. Like we get to decide who we are and what works for us and what doesn't work for us. We don't just have to live the way we've been living. If it doesn't feel good. Yep. And we get to question it and we're not really taught that, that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We're not right. It's like, why? Mm -hmm. And then you, you feel like, I don't know about you and your journey, but like same thing for me, you've, you get to a point where like, the people you grew up with or the people who are closest to you, you just don't resonate with them anymore. And it's just like, you feel it, 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 it's, it's uncomfortable because it isolates you. And it's lonely. It's super lonely. It's, it's Mm -hmm. like a self isolation, but Mm -hmm. 
it's like you have to do it you know exactly you took the words like, out of my mouth I have, have to do this <laughs> I know because yeah. I'm not gonna be okay if I don't and like mm-hmm. I might be okay on the other side if I do we're not totally sure <laughs> but I know that if I stay in this place with these people or with these beliefs I'm not gonna be all right yeah Right. And so there is so much like of a leap of faith of what does it look like on the other side after like, I start doing this work and it's like, well, we don't really know yet. Right. We don't know. You're like, am I going to ever have like-minded friends or like, is, are my family, is it going to resonate? And it's like, yes, but you don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And it's still worth the journey because it's worth it for you. Cause if you don't feel good to me, in my opinion, you don't have anything. Like if you don't feel good in your soul, right? Like you're not going to feel nothing else is going to feel good. And it gets to a point where it's like, like you said, like the fear of the unknown, like, I don't know what's on the other side, but it gets Mm -hmm. to the point of, okay, I'm extremely uncomfortable now. And is the discomfort I'm experiencing now greater than that discomfort or fear of the unknown? And it's like- you have to then make that decision and buckle down, get support and just decide mm-hmm. I'm doing this no matter what, because this is not, this is not. Well, and once you're like in that place, you almost like my spiritual coach would be like, you can't go back, right? Like you're not yeah. going to be able to go back anyways, Yeah. <laughs> no matter how hard you may like want to be your former self. Cause it may feel easier at times. And it does, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were moments where I was like, Oh, it would be just so nice if I like, didn't think all these new things now or see all these things in a different way, because it's easier, right? Mm -hmm, In some ways mm -hmm. it's easier. Holistically it's not, but in those moments of like the loneliness or the grief around it, it is, you're looking for relief, you know? And sometimes that relief, like like you said, comes from kind of reverting back into what's comfortable even if that comfort zone is chaotic totally and so much of so many of us are used to chaos over like safety and you know like joy right Mm -hmm. that chaos feels like this is really certain (laughs) right and and that for sure was my experience like fear is certain right joy is not certain you know, being yeah. happy, not feel certain, right. Where being scared and worried and unhappy, that feels pretty comfortable for me mm-hmm. or it did, it does not anymore, but it did feel that way. Like, yeah. and I didn't know that there was another avenue of life, right. honestly. Right. And not necessarily comfortable, but familiar. It's familiar. Yeah. You don't yeah. feel comfortable. It's like, you don't feel good in it, but you know what yeah. to expect. Exactly. Right? So it is, this is it's exactly all I've known. Familiar. And so I know how to kind of interact with, with my surroundings and I've got a handle on that. Yeah. Yeah. And from a neuroscience standpoint, like our brain prefers it, Mm -hmm. like our brain prefers us to stay in, in the familiar and the comfort versus the leap, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's more to our brain. You don't like do it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) totally. So Speaking of the, so going back to what you said, like deconditioning and then digging into our beliefs and our belief systems and reestablishing new, more empowering beliefs. How does that let's, cause we're here to talk about triggers. Can you talk a little bit about your kind of philosophy behind like take, like from the belief system into triggers and how kind of that cycle 
works? Yeah. So I think when I started to started talking about triggers more, I think within the last year, but my belief system around triggers used to be such like, just avoid them, mm-hmm. right? Like if you don't want to be upset, just avoid the thing or avoid the person or, or check out emotionally when you are triggered. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, being in the online space has shown me, it showed me a lot of things. I have a medium size account and, and I would say things that people didn't necessarily like, and they would always maybe message me and say like, this is really triggering content. Like you should, you should write a trigger warning or you should, whatever they were telling, mm-hmm. people were telling me that I was triggering them. And so what that felt like for me early on was, oh my God, I need to fix that. Like, oh my God, like I'm not trying to trigger people. Like that doesn't feel good. And the more that I grew in my own journey, I was like, it is not my job to monitor what triggers other people, Mm -hmm. right? That is a lot of responsibility to put on me to believe that I can control what triggers another, right? So what really ended up happening was me feeling like, Triggers are actually just these beautiful expanders in your life to show you, to show you what's, what's maybe feeling broken inside or to show you what could be too, Mm. right? So they can be very, very like you can feel a lot of distress around something, or you could also feel very activated Mm -hmm. and the activated one can be more like comparing yourself to somebody and that feels like a trigger, but is it really just showing you what may be possible? So that can be a teacher in Mm. some way. And then in the, in the one that feels really painful, you know, like, so I, I've been a practicing eating disorder therapist for many years and for a lot of clients, right. The online space can feel very triggering. And so I would say the stuff that you're seeing online the stuff that hits you in your core, that's the stuff we need to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that is inner child wounding. That is the stuff that the, when we heal that, you know, like your life opens. So we don't want to avoid those things. We don't want to purposely try to harm ourselves by like getting in front of it all the time. Right. But like when stuff comes up, it's to me, it's like this soul reminder of let's work on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we want to, I think the idea is to hopefully get to a place, not where nothing triggers you, but where you can come to more of a place of like emotion regulation and neutrality around some of this stuff. Yeah. Right. So because we're not going to make it go away. Right. Yeah. Triggers don't go away. Your capacity exactly. to handle them increases. Right. Mm-hmm. So I view triggers <laughs> as like a signpost that you're on the right path. And this is the way that you need to go. Yeah. I love that right? Like we are going here. Like this has been shown to you. Mm -hmm. We need to follow because we're going to heal. Absolutely. And if we go the other way, eventually in my perspective, it's coming back in another form. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right. Because you're, we're here, my beliefs, we're here to learn. We're here to play. We're here to learn. We're here to teach. Right. And you're going to find that trigger in another Avenue. (laughs) Right. If you don't follow it the first time. (laughs) Totally. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's, you have to feel it to heal it. And it's like, it has to come up to come out. Like you said. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and that like very common therapy term, like 
you know, like we have to feel to heal. Mm -hmm. Right. And if we, and if we avoid, we're not, A, we're not feeling and we're certainly not healing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I would say with triggers though, is that doesn't mean you have to deal with it alone. Right. Like people like, well, I don't know how to regulate, or I don't know how to heal that. And I'm like, well, we're not, I don't, my belief is like, we don't necessarily heal by ourselves. Mm -mm. We can, it's an option, (laughs) but I believe we heal in community, right. Or with another person like that feels good. That feels secure. That feels safe, which is what I believe we're meant to do Mm -hmm. with triggers or activations or things that don't feel good in our body or when we see them. Getting an outside perspective and guidance. Um, especially for women, Mm -hmm. especially for women. I mean, as humans, we're communal creatures, but women, especially we are more emotional and we're driven by that, that emotion and that nurturing, Yes, you know, and so we want to desperately be seen Mm -hmm. and I think all humans do, but we are, women are vocal about it, right? (laughs) Which is beautiful. But when we feel seen by another, when we say like, this is hard for me and somebody's like, yeah, I understand that. Like, you know what happens? It's re- there's relief, mm-hmm. right? When we hold on to it alone or when we avoid it for forever, we are the ones carrying it in our body for so long that feels heavy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So do you have like an example of a common trigger that comes up and how you would in general advise someone face it for lack of a better word, befriend it, right? Yeah. Like what, what is the thought process that, that might go through someone's mind when something pops up? So the, a few ones come up for me in you know, as somebody who has been very, very invested in the eating disorder space, what I, what I have seen around that is people will see somebody who's maybe online and and they're very thin, right. Are they're like showcasing their body and that can be a trigger for somebody who's in recovery or somebody who may be gaining weight. And so that trigger to me shows, okay, what's coming up for you, right? Are you judging yourself? compared to this person? Are you feeling envious of this person? Are you feeling scared in recovery, right? So this thing that you're seeing is bringing up feelings for you, Mm -hmm. right? It's not the person. We think it's just this thing. And so what happens a lot of the time is we get mad. You're allowed to be mad, right? But it's (laughs) like, we then get mad at this person versus like, what is this person or this thing, what object, whatever it is bringing up for me? right? And so it's a feeling, it's anger, it's sadness, it's shame, it's pain. So if we can get there, that's the stuff, yeah. right? Like that's where, that's where the work is. It's not necessarily that Kim Kardashian posted a photo of her body and you're feeling upset, right? It's what does that mean for you? Do you feel unworthy? Do you feel not good enough? Do you feel shame in your body? Like what's happening here? And so in my perspective, we work on those feelings because Kim Mm. Kardashian or whoever it is, they're not doing anything wrong, Mm. right? Like we're going to see these things all the time. Can we learn to manage our emotionality around it versus, you know, I think what's common right now in the online space is to like hate them, right? Mm. Or to like, 
be so angry that it doesn't, anger can be helpful. It can also be a place where we sit for a long time and never heal. Yeah. Yeah. Which and then I find you. a lot of the times with like, you know, in business and mindset work with other professionals, we tend to compare ourselves to other people in our space. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're like, they're doing quote unquote better than me, or they have more clients than me, or they are making more money than me. And it's like, okay, I see that. I see that that is a trigger. What is that bringing up for you? Mm-hmm. Right. A, it can be a mirror of expansion. It can show you what's possible. It can also be, where are you feeling unworthy? Where are you feeling not good enough? Where are you feeling afraid? Right. And so those are the like crux of it. I feel like, and, and it's hard for me. Like I do the same thing, right? Like we are human beings. We are going to compare. We are going to see things that elicit feelings, right? Mm-hmm. But that's for the rest of our lives, yeah. right? And so trying to get a grip on what is this actually telling me, right? What is this actually showing me to be true or not true? So turning the lens inward rather- Turning the lens on the emotion, I think, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like rather because, than placing blame everywhere else. Like you said, we can't yeah. placing we blame. Can't yeah. stop. We can't, we can't eliminate our triggers. We can't right. stop the things that are happening outside of us. Right. The only thing, so it's, it's, it's turning the lens inward, releasing control over what you have no control. You have no control over what yes. Kim Kardashian and does. And that's a very big will. one. It's the control piece. Mm-hmm. I find sometimes when we feel very triggered, we want to control the trigger versus deal with the feelings of the trigger. So we want to change it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, what's that's a lot of energy for, for something you have zero power over. Yeah. Right. Like that's a lot of work. And then you're giving your power away to that thing. Exactly. Exhausting. And that's what people don't see. I think Mm -hmm. that's a very big one that people don't see is when we are so amped up about something and, and we're not doing the inner work, right? Like, and we're trying to change this thing. We're giving our sense of self. We're giving our sense of inner peace. We're giving our sense of emotion stability to another person or thing. Mm-hmm. And that is to me, by definition, giving up control and power of you. Yeah. That thing has control over you. Right. Like, why would we do that? <laughs> Right. Like people think it's the opposite. People are like, no, I'm in control. No, I have the power. No, I'm doing this. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you are so dysregulated by Kim, that's, that has nothing to do with Kim. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, Kim didn't do that. Right. You did that. Right. Which is all love in your heart. (laughs) Yes. Like tough love. (laughs) We can work through it. Right. No, I always we've all tell my, been there, you know, totally. I always tell mm-hmm. my clients the way that other people think of you has absolutely nothing to do with you. Um, I know. I feel like we speak the same way because I agree. And it's one of the things that I've had to really hammer in with body image stuff, eating disorder yeah. stuff people are like, oh, if I gain weight, people are going to think I'm this and that. And I'm like, if they think that about you, they're thinking that about them right? Because your body is not that interesting to them. They may, you may be the object it lands on, but people are very focused on themselves. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's judging you, they're actually judging themselves. Yeah. Cause like truly like inner pe- people with inner peace <laughs> have no, are not judging. They don't yeah. care. They don't care yeah. what you're doing. They don't care how you look. Like it's not, 
they're unbothered, right? So we have to remember that when somebody is making comments about anything about you, they're really just mirroring themselves. Totally. It's a projection of their inner world. Exactly. Of their, and, and that's exactly it, of their inner world, of their mm-hmm. own reality, yeah. right? It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt or it's not painful to the person if it's landing on you, but it can be so much relief to be like, wow, this is their stuff. Yeah. This really isn't about me. You know, that can feel good once you get to that place or are, are even told that that place is an option. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's like, there should be a whole class, like a semester long class on this uh-huh. in high school oh or even younger. Like I know. it would, like if it people would... are mean to you. That doesn't mean like anything about you. <laughs> right. Yeah. It yeah. means a lot about them. Right. Like Actually, it's like, basic, like one, like first grade, if somebody's being mean to you, they are probably not very happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not about you. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Love it. So really coming to the point where rather than, you know, like the trigger pops up and pushing it away, rather it's more about embracing it and pulling that towards you with self-love, self-compassion and grace. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think just making, making friends with them a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't have to love them. We don't have to, they're not going to stay forever, but they're going to stay until we've healed. Yeah. That's the big thing. Right. And so recognizing it's such a really cool, beautiful learning opportunity to be like, why am I so upset about this? <laughs> right. Like what's, what's happening for me right now that this probably a fairly neutral thing is so upsetting to me. It doesn't feel neutral to you. Right. But yeah. once you're out of it, you're like, that had nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. but it elicited something that I, I, and I like to say this, I get to look at, yeah. right. Like, not that I have to, but I get to, right. So that I'm not walking around super unconscious all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like acting like everything is about me. Right. right. Like, In a completely <laughs> reactive state. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> it's like walking around, not in touch at all just trying to put out your own emotional fires, (laughs) super reactive. I can tell you as as somebody who's lived that way, it's really a lot better over here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I look back on my experience with, you know, anxiety and panic and it's just like, wow. Like I can't, when I recount my experience, it's almost like telling someone else's story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? That's how I feel when I talk about my eating disorder and like eating mm-hmm. disorder recovery, just like, it doesn't feel like that was me because yeah. I felt, and I think probably with you, like what, you know, it, it you just feel so disconnected from your true self. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, I mean, it's, a, it was such a good learning experience. It was painful. It's a good learning mm-hmm. experience, but it feels so nice to be able to not feel totally, totally terrified of every feeling that comes your way, (laughs) right? Which I think is how a lot of people live. Those feeling like they can't tolerate their emotions. Yeah. And so it's really developing that emotional intelligence and getting to a place where you can pause. Yes. Yes. (laughs) A lot of respond. And a lot of, I think early on support Mm -hmm. and not necessarily just early on. I think I'm going to be in some support forever just because I enjoy it. Right. It helps me 
I don't like to do life by myself in that way, Mm -hmm. but like we, we grow when we're feeling seen and heard and validated. And so that to me is, is the best reason to have somebody on your side like that. Absolutely. And we're always growing and learning, right? We're never finished. It doesn't end. No, it's, it's constant expansion. Yeah. It just takes like, like I'm not a mom yet. So I know that like a huge transition is coming that way, my way when that happens, as you know, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, Yeah. like I can't ever imagine not having someone in my court. Right. Me either. And the time where I didn't, it was so clear that I was like, girl, you need, (laughs) you need something, Mm -hmm. you need some help. Yeah. Right. You need to be listened to and heard. And I don't necessarily mean by friends and partners, right? Because it's not their job from, in my opinion, it's not their job to be doing, to hold space for this type of work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We want to keep our friends and partners, friends and partners. Yeah. (laughs) Not as like our therapy and coaching outlets. (laughs) As much as they want to support us in that way. It's just not Mm -hmm. sustainable. And Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's. And they're also not qualified, like lovingly, like they don't know how to do it. (laughs) I don't, they don't know what to do. I really like your hugs. And when you like, you know, massage my shoulders, that's great, but I'm going to need something a little bit more intensive. I need to talk about the existential meaning of life. Exactly. (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) my anxiety. (laughs) Love it. So what is one piece of wisdom that you would like to leave? our listeners with today? Okay. The first thing that came to mind was to say that your body always has the answers that we run away from our body so much because we can be really afraid of it, but our body is actually very safe and it's always trying to alert us to the things that we need to pay attention to. So to trust it, and to trust your brain a little bit less. <laughs> Our brain is full of mush, right? It's full of the world's thoughts, your mom's thoughts, your husband's thoughts, right? It's not all yours, but your body is all yours, mm-hmm. right? Like that is like where your spirit lives, where you can be in tune with your intuition and what will actually guide you in my belief to inner peace, to mm-hmm. safety, to security, to true joy. So really... And that's the embodiment piece, right? Really, really getting in touch with your physical body and your emotional, spiritual body via your physical body, because all those things are happening in the brain, right? But then it's sending the signals. And like what you said, your intuition, it's that gut feeling when you know that something is off and learning how to listen to that and follow it. And believe that that is real. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of us are like, that's not real, right? Like that's, that's magic. too woo. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, I mean, we have to be very, in a very scientific way are, you know, in our gut, which is usually where we feel those things. Like that's our second brain. I would believe yep. it's our first brain. Right. But yep. like, that's where our, a lot, a lot of our neural pathways are totally. right. A lot of our emotions are there. It's not fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you even test it a little bit, and start following it, you will recognize it's not. Yeah. Right. And so learning to use that as a tool versus like the enemy that I think that a lot of us were taught, like, don't trust yourself, you know, seek, ask your parents, ask a million people for reasons and answers. And it's like, we had the answers the whole time. Mm -hmm. We just didn't trust ourselves. 
Yeah. Ev- yeah. Everything you need is, is, is what is you in need. you. Yeah. Right. And if you don't understand that, and if you don't get it, there are people who can help you get there. Yep. Right. Cause I understand that that may feel like that's a bunch of woo and that doesn't make sense and that's not mm-hmm. real and whatever. And I get it as a former skeptic, I get it, <laughs> but if it, if also that ignites you at all, that's something to follow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. So where can people find you? Where's the best place to go? Yeah. So my, I think my Instagram is the best place to go. And that is my name, Katie, C-A-T-I-E Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H L-C-S-W. And that's where I spend most of my time. Thank Excellent. you. And I will include that contact info in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. What a beautiful chat. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that more people around the world will be able to hear it too. And remember, keep exploring, keep growing, keep loving on your journey home to yourself.